Hi friends, and uh, welcome back to our series in Ephesians. Uh, we are in Ephesians 1 verses 15 today and on to the end of the chapter. Uh, just to recap where we left off last week. Last week we talked about this hope of the gospel, which is it just expressed in verse 10 of 1. It says, this is what God planned for the climax of all times, to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven along with things on earth. We see God's great plan to bring healing and reconciliation and restoration to all things in this world. And all those broken relationships that we experience in this world will be healed and renewed and restored. And this is the hope that we now get to live in and work in. And so Paul uses this phrase, in Christ, something like 11 times in those first, uh, first, first, first 14 verses. And, and this in Christ has three different meanings. It can be our location in Christ, that we are seated at the right hand uh, of God in Christ, like Ephesians 2 says. It can also be the instrument in which God uses to bring about his plan of reconciliation and healing. And so Christ is in the world reconciling uh, the world to himself. God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself in 2 Corinthians we read. And then God is making his appeal to the world to be reconciled through us, through you and me and through through the church. And then thirdly, it is the way or the manner in which uh, we live. And so in Christ is the way that we live. We bring reconciliation and justice and peace in the manner, in the way of Jesus. As a church, as Christians, we are called to be like Christ and to live like he did and to serve the world like he did. And so now uh, Paul continues on in verse verse. verse Verse 15, it says, Since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all good God's people, this is the reason that I don't stop giving thanks to God for you when I re remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that makes God known to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers, and what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers. This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. God's power was at work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and sat him at God's right side in the heavens. Far above every ruler and authority and power and angelic power, any power that might be named not only now, but in the future. God put everything under Christ's feet and made him head of everything in the church, which is his body. His body, the church, is the fullness of Christ who fills everything in every way. So there's just two uh, observations I want to make from the text today. And, and the first one is this idea of God's energy that is given to us in the church, his strength and his power that uh, Paul is praying that we would have this wisdom and revelation to make God known to us. And so uh, this last week, uh, we had our friends from the Matthew Training Center out visiting us at church. And uh, Joan Goddard from, from MTC led us in our, the staff in a devotional. And she shared this passage from Daniel 10 that I just, uh, it, I'd never really seen it quite this way before. And so um, here's just a, a way in which we see God's energy, his strength given to us. And so uh, Daniel is, in, this is Daniel 10. Daniel has been mourning for three weeks. Uh, he hasn't eaten any meat. He hasn't drank any wine uh, or any rich meats. He's, he hasn't bathed or put, anointed himself with oil. And he's at the banks of the river, uh, Tigris River. And he looks up and it says in verse five, I look 
looked up and suddenly I saw a man clothed in linen in front of me. He had a brilliant gold belt around his waist and his body was like topaz. His face was like a flash of lightning and his eyes were like burning torches. His arms and feet looked like polished bronze and when he spoke it sounded like the roar of a crowd. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The other people who were with me didn't see it and despite that they were terrified and ran away to hide. And so I was left alone to see this great vision all by myself and all my strength left me. My energy was sapped and I couldn't stay strong. And then I heard the sound of the man's word, and when I heard it, I fell into a trance with my face on the ground. But then a hand touched me, lifting me up to my hands and knees. And so what we see is this, this image of, uh, of some majestic heavenly person. Some people would suggest it's an angel. Uh, I would suggest to you that we have here possibly, um, maybe it's Jesus. Maybe it's the God, or it's a messenger bringing a word from God. And either way, Daniel here is sapped of his strength. He's left. He couldn't stay strong. And then this hand touches him. And verse 11 says, The man said to me, Daniel, you are greatly treasured. Love that. Now grasp the meaning of what I'm saying and stand up because I've sent you. And he said to this, and Daniel's shaking and he's afraid and, and he's, he's feeling discouraged and broken and let down. And this vision is bothering. And then in verse 17, uh, we see a little bit more of Daniel's state. He says, So how can I, the Lord's servant, speak with you, my Lord? Even now there's no strength in me. I can barely breathe. Daniel is without any strength, without any energy. He is he is broken down. He is breath. I just I, can you imagine that that panic, that 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 um Sometimes when, when our, we become so anxious, we, we lose our breath and it's hard to even just breathe. And so then the one who looked like a human being touched me again and gave me strength. He said, don't be afraid. You are greatly treasured. There's this promise, this word from God again to, to Daniel and to each of us. You are greatly treasured. All will be well with you. Be strong. And as he spoke to me, I suddenly felt strong again. The word of God that comes to Daniel. Uh, Daniel that speaks, you are greatly treasured. You are greatly treasured. Don't be afraid. All will be well. Be strong. And as Daniel has this encounter with the word of God spoken to him, his strength returns and he is able to continue on the task and the word that God has given to him. And so Paul writes in Ephesians, right? I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the richness of God's glorious inheritance, and what the overwhelming greatness of God's power is that's working among us at believers. This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. God wants to strengthen you. He wants to empower you. He wants to bring healing to you because you are greatly treasured. Uh, I've been, I was listening this week to a song by Tamela, Tamela Mann. It's called Take Me to the King. Uh, and the words of the song I just found so powerful and encouraging. Uh, and so the, this is just part of um, verse one. She says, the truth is I'm tired and the options are few. I'm trying to pray, but where are you? I'm all churched out, hurt and abused. I can't fake what's left to do. 
The truth is I'm weak, no strength to fight, no tears to cry, even if I tried, but still my soul refuses to die and one touch will change my life. And the course goes, take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. My heart is torn in pieces. It's my offering. Take me to the king and lay me at the throne. Leave me there alone to gaze upon your glory and sing you this song. Uh, I'll link to the song in, in this video and you can uh, listen to it later. Uh, verse 2 goes, Truth is, it's time to stop playing these games. We need a word for people's pain. So Lord, speak right now. Let it fall like rain. We're desperate. We're chasing after you. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. My heart is torn in pieces. It's my offering. God wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with me. He wants to meet with his people who are worn out and burdened and broken and hurting. I love this song because it is a lament. It is truthful. It speaks to the, the reality of so many of us uh, in, in, in the hurt, in the pain, in the need for God's energy and strength to come and speak to us. To hear from God, you are greatly treasured. Be strong. All will be well. Um, this hope of God's strength working in us. It's good news for us, this powerful strength of God working in you and me. And what we notice in this passage as we're reading Ephesians is just the way in which um, power is a, an authority or a big theme. Uh, and so like in verse 19, we just have this this stacking of word upon word it says you know and what is this overwhelming greatness of god's power that is working among us the power is conferred by the energy of god's powerful strength god's power was at work in christ when it raised him from the dead and sat him at the right hand so paul is stretching the um stretch he's <laughs> he's exhausting human language as he piles cinnamon cinnamon synonym synonyms not cinnamon, synonyms, uh, on top of each other. He's exhausting the human language so that we would see the greatness of God's power and authority and how he sits high above all rulers and authorities, above the heavens, above the earth, above government, above spiritual powers. Christ is the ultimate authority, the head of over all things. He is the most powerful, the overwhelming, powerful God of the universe. And, and so Paul, um, human uh, English translations can't even capture what Paul is trying to say in the Greek. And even the Greek is just, it, it doesn't, it's just this piling of, of word upon word upon word to express the power of God. And then he's like, I can't even, language doesn't even do it. It's like, it's the power that raises someone from the dead, right? And this is the power that is now here. So we have to then ask a very important question is what does this power look like when Christ is the authority and the head of the church? What does that mean? And how does Jesus uh, live out this authority and power? Because we have already said to be in Christ is to live in the manner of Christ. And so how does Christ use this well, what we find is that the way and the power of Jesus is expressed in the authority that is very different than that of the world. So Mark 10, verse 42, Jesus says to his disciples, You know that the ones who are considered the rulers by the Gentiles show off their authority over them and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. 
Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be the first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and give his life to liberate many people. And so the struggle that we often have in the church is that we... Um, we mistake the authority of Christ and the authority that we see in our government and in the power of this world. And so sometimes, sometimes many times in the history of the church, we have lost the reality of how God chooses to rule and, and chooses to uh, express his authority in this world. Christ is the head of the church, and yet the church has many times not lived in the way of Christ. It has not obeyed Christ. So Christ doesn't demand an authority and force people into one way. He, he leads the church by, I don't want to say, by letting the church make mistakes sometimes. He uh, calls us to model Christ in laying down our rights and our authority to serve and help others. Uh, Peter, so Peter hears this story, right? And and um, and hears Jesus saying this. And then in, in 1 Peter 5, he says this, Therefore, I have a request for the elders among you. I ask this as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering and as one who shares in the glory that is about to be revealed. Just really, like he's saying, these are all my bona fides. These are my, this is my resume. I saw Christ suffering. I could order you to do something, you elders. But I'm going to come as one of you, and I'm going to make a request. He says, I urge the elders, like shepherds, tend the flock of God among you. Watch over it. Don't shepherd it because you must, but do it voluntarily for God. Don't shepherd greedily, but do it eagerly. Don't shepherd by ruling over those entrusted to your care, but become examples to the flock. And so the church is called not to rule over, not to seek uh, power and authority through government or through um, courts or through uh, forcing culture to to engage in the way of church and like, this is like, hey, this is what you have to do. And we're going to legislate it. We're going to make it authority. We're going we're gonna to fight for the way we believe things should be. No, the church instead lives as an example of Jesus to the world by self-sacrifice, by emptying ourselves for the sake and the liberation of others. How does Jesus use his overwhelming power? He lays it down for the sake of others. He encourages the world um, to, and, and tells his body to do the same thing. We sometimes mistake the triumphant Christ with the crucified Christ. Is, is a, Sometimes, uh, I believe it's Bonhoeffer talks about that. And, and we are called not to, we, we have a hope in the triumphant uh, full authority of Christ. That would have been an encouraging word to the Ephesians church to know that even though they're suffering now, Christ holds authority over all of these things. And yet, Paul, or yeah, Paul in Ephesians doesn't say, so strive for authority. He says, Christ has the power. Now continue to model and live in the way of Jesus, which is the way of self-sacrifice. It is the way of the cross. It is the way of giving yourself for the liberation of others. And in that way, then, the church becomes the reality, the presence of God in the world. 
So uh, Ephesians 1.23, uh, in the message it says, The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. And so as a church, you and I together are the expression of Christ's body in this world. We are called to work to bring people to hear the message of reconciliation, the God's plan to bring all things together in him, to heal, to restore, to renew. And in that still, we are supposed to do this in the way of Jesus, in a way of self-sacrifice, of love, of laying down our power and our authority when we have it for the sake of others so that they would hear, not being rulers, but being servants, being slaves to those around us. And this is the call of the church to live in the way of Jesus. So grace and peace, and we'll talk about this more on Sunday.